yes, welcome back everybody to another Rubbing Muscle podcast and another solo episode with just me, TJ, here. Um, today, breaking down exactly how you can create your own goals from your own vision of what you kind of want to achieve in the future. That's how, we, or that's what we're going to do in today's podcast. Um, it should be a relatively short episode, but I don't know why I always say how long the episode is going to be in the intro because like by the time I've finished it you guys have seen you can see on your phone exactly how how long the intro is anyways and you can probably know that a fact of the week is coming so let's get that over and done with early doors yes so this week's fact of the week Again, as I mentioned in the last podcast, if I'm doing them on my own, they're probably going to be words. And today's word is gobmoosh. Gobmoosh. G-O-B-E-M-O-U-C-H-E. And that is someone who believes everything that they're told. So, yeah, I'm going to just stop it there. (laughs) Anyway, so getting back to the podcast, yeah, I wanted to break down... So. In the last episode, I I went over exactly why you should be setting goals and sort of how you should be setting them. And I really tried to like delve into it as to why a lot of people end up shitting on goals and why they can end up being really bad or sort of people view them in a negative way, but why they are so important and how you can use them to consistently keep improving. And I figured rather than just leave you to your own devices and be like, oh, here's all the theory, here's what you should be doing, I thought it'd be a good idea to sit down with a few of my goals and um, my uh my physical goals I guess and really lay out exactly what I'm trying to do and how I'm trying to do it and so you know when I say focus on um the processes rather than the outcomes hopefully you can see how I I sort of break down the outcomes I work backwards and I work back from long term goals and meaningful goals I guess as well into short term manageable goals and ones that I can should hopefully attain but who knows who knows what is going to happen and and maybe even by the time that you're listening to this we'll know that I've already failed at one of these goals and that will be fine because as I mentioned in the last one we evaluate and we review every single time so that our future goals are going to be better and so that we can consistently keep improving and so um to to delve into my goals I guess you got you got to have a little look into my own sort of psyche and these are just my uh, quote-unquote physical-based goals. I've got um, you know, other ones to do with work and whatnot, but no- nothing too crazy. But I figured if I can just stick with the physical stuff, hopefully you can sort of understand and break down your own goals and, and see what you can achieve. So now that like I, I am retired from rugby, I don't play anymore, um, I've taken a lot of a lower-volume, sort of longer-term approach to my physique. And so with that being said, it's like I'm not as attached to my gym sessions um, towards the end of the year for sure. Like I would go in and I'd be out within 25 to like maybe maximum 35 minutes unless I went for a sauna or a steam or whatever afterwards. And because of that and because I never really needed to go into a deep, dark place because I knew I could work out like real hard without even putting forth too much effort sort of the fun sort of came out of it and not only did the fun came come out of it but the like the general terms of, or the general thought of really going to 
really challenging yourself, really pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. Because I can achieve hypertrophy relatively easily or, or, or I can find ways to achieve hypertrophy relatively easily, especially when I'm going six times a week for you know, short sessions, it's, it's very easy to get done. But the risk is that I, I, you know, I stopped enjoying it. I stopped having to really push myself. I could do episode, I could do a whole gym session, just listen to podcast episodes and I would never really have to get myself up too much up for it. Um, and that, that, that took away from the mental benefit that I usually would get from training. You know, there's something to be said for really pushing yourself and really seeing what you can truly achieve, really putting some heavy weight on your back, you know, really trying to push strength goals and really just exerting every, you know, cell in your body to, to push a weight up is something that, you know, you're not going to achieve if you're just doing hypertrophy range, light work, pump work. And it got to the point where, yeah, I stopped enjoying it. And, and my relationship with the gym is not the same as it used to be. I've, I've gone a lot on a lot about how, you know, motivation and whatnot isn't as important as other stuff because you've always got to tick your boxes. And I, and I almost took that probably too far where I could gym quite easily, even though I wasn't motivated because it was so easy. Whereas actually I want to get back into a place where the the gym working out becomes, you know, back to being a major factor of my life. Whereas, the uh, you know, the last year or so, last half a year for sure, it got to a point where it was just like brushing my teeth. But something I did but I didn't really associate like any good feeling or bad feeling. It was just something that I, I knew I had to do and I would always get it done. And so with that all being said, I decided to create my, my physical goals to be about things that are more towards correcting that. So I guess it all really revolves for this year around three key themes. And now there are other themes like in the long term, I, I still want to do a triathlon. I still want to do like other things physically but and, and a marathon for sure. But right now, that's it's not what I envisioned for me to do this year. I don't I don't care about it as much, you know. Like you know, one day I will care enough to run a marathon, but right now I don't. So doing that training, doing all that stuff, it just wouldn't. It doesn't appeal to me. It wouldn't be fun, and I'd just be doing it to set a goal for the sake of setting a goal. And so the three key themes that I'm trying to keep my uh, training oh, and diet revolved around is just keeping training fun, being able to look forward to some sessions, even potentially being nervous for some sessions, um, and just appreciating the mental aspect of training more, you know, finishing the gym and feeling a lot better uh, mentally. Um, and, that, and that sort of got away with, or that got away from me when I was doing all of my training sessions where everything got a bit robotic and almost too easy. So that's number one, keep it, keep it fun and, and appreciate the mental aspect more. Number two, become even more well-rounded as an athlete. And so from here, because I don't play rugby as much anymore, don't play rugby at all anymore. I only coach. Um, I wanted to make sure that just because that is the case, I don't want to just only focus on my appearance. I do want to be able to do a lot more things physically with my body and you'll see what those are as, as we get into it. Um, but I want to become a, yeah, a well-rounded athlete that is capable. Like my body is not just, you know, it's not just a body that sort of looks good. It's a body that I'm, I'm actually, uh, proud to do lots of different things. And, as as I've said in previous podcasts, if you train to look really good, eventually like those fringe benefits definitely come. And like on a lot of my calisthenic stuff and a lot of other stuff, it, that definitely has been the case. But still, I want to make an effort to really push what my body can do a bit more than how it looks. And so that's you're going to see that coming forward as uh, I get deeper into these goals. So that's number two, uh, just become a more well-rounded athlete. And then three, 
Uh, this is to do with nutrition, and it's to move towards a significantly more environmentally conscious way of eating. So um, I battled with this for a while, and you know, before it was always, again, this was something that I thought I would kind of wanted to do just to mess around, was to try a month of veganism or a week of veganism or uh, try keto for a while or do whatever. But really, it was just like a sort of a thing that I wanted to do just to try something different. But now, the more I look into it and the more I, you know, if you've watched the movie, is it After the Flood or Before the Flood, uh, the movie documentary of Leonardo DiCaprio, you realize that we, and I'm, I'm not going to get too into this because it can it'll turn this episode into a bit of a downer episode, but we as a human race are running into lots of problems or we as just inhabitants of planet Earth are going to run into some huge, huge problems. And as I tell people what to eat uh, for a living, I feel like I shouldn't be, I should do as much as I can to remove that problem from from what i can do and so how does that how does that uh or how can that manifest itself um in just a more environmentally conscious way of eating so the factory farm chickens the factory farm beef all that sort of stuff i want to try and eliminate out of my diet as best i can uh, i'm not going to be crazy i'm not going to be a, a vegan overnight or anything like that but I, I do want to move towards a significantly like and that's that's the key thing a significantly more environmentally conscious way of being i don't want to just say it i don't want to think oh um yeah this is bad but i'm going to bury my head in the sand i actually want to make it you know make my little bit of a difference and so if i can eat and feel really good morally as well um i just think that's going to make me a better person in general and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a better person so those are my three goals revolved around my diet and training. So just an environmentally conscious way of eating, um, becoming more well-rounded athlete and keeping training a lot more fun and re- appreciating the, the sort of mental aspect of it. And so what does this look like in terms of tangible outcome goals? So I know I said that you've got to focus on the, the, the processes, but we need to aim for outcomes to, to be sure if we've hit our goal or if we're working towards our goals or not. And so in terms of tangible outcome goals for this, for 2019, I've got six goals related to these. So first one is enter and oh, bonus points for winning, but enter a Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition. I feel like um, that's about as tangible goals I need. I don't want to be saying, hey, by December, I want to be you know a blue belt or by December, I want to be a whatever belt or by December, I want to be attending X amount of sessions because I don't know where I'm going to be at December. I don't know if I'm going to be injured. I don't know what, but I will enter one competition and we'll see where we go from there because I, I anticipate probably that that will really improve my motivation or improve my enjoyment from it and will keep pushing me forward to keep doing this as much as I can. But if I can just enter a competition, get that competitive element out, have it more be more enjoyable, there's a lot more chance that I'm going to finally bloody stick with this Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I've tried a couple times before, uh, back when I actually did play rugby, uh, and when I first came out of, or when I first retired because of the concussions, and every time I've done it, I've, I've picked up a little niggle and something's got in the way from stopping me from being able to stay consistent. So I want to make sure I enter a competition, and obviously my competitiveness will mean that once I do, I'll be really consistent with it and probably enjoy it a lot more. Number two, develop a regular yoga practice and have it be part of my non-negotiable weekly routine. So this is where this differs a little bit from the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is yoga for sure is something that I want to be doing every single week. Um, and I want to make sure that it's, you know, it's part of my things I do every single week by this time next year. 
I, I've never, I've always been like a, a little bit of a fan of yoga and I've, I've always thought, you know, for the right people, it definitely can benefit a lot of people. It can definitely can benefit you. But I've recently started doing it in the last, you know, few months. And the more I do it, the more I realize I need to keep doing it. And um, it's very easy to get out of that habit. It's very easy to take a month and not do it and then realize that, you know, it was very easy to keep putting off going to classes because it's not the most enjoyable thing to do whilst you're doing it, but it's you feel just so much better afterwards. And to, to me, it's not even a physical thing at all. It's pretty much uh, 100% mental. And I, I like the idea of winding myself down. I'm very much a go, 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 go sort of person. And so developing a routine where I can go and just do one yoga class or one strong yoga session a week um, is something that I want to be able to do. And it's something that I think should be an easy part to integrate. But if I take my time and it's just once a week by the end of this year, it should be pretty easy to be part of my routine. Number three, uh, make mirror noticeable improvements in my muscle mass by this time next year. Um, I do have a scale that has body fat percentages and stuff, and so I can also use that to to help judge whether I've made hit the, hit this goal or not. But uh, but really, I want to be able to see a little bit of a difference, quite quite objectively, between this year's photos and last and next year's photos. One to two kilos of lean muscle. I want to hopefully be around the similar sort of body fat this time next year, but just have added you know either through a bit of a bulk and then a bit of a cut. Is, which is probably what I'm going to do. I'll hopefully see that you know my, I've, I've added one to two kilos of lean muscle by this time next year. Otherwise, why am I going to the gym and lifting weights all the time? You know, I want to make sure that I am definitely improving in this. And it's it's a something that people tend to lose sight of when they go to the gym regularly for you know upwards uh, uh, after probably about five or six years. You forget that you still are there to try and add muscle mass and. So you don't want to spend your, you know, your years spinning your wheels. You want to make sure that you are actually putting it to good use. And so if I, if I can see that I've added one to two kilos of lean muscle, I'll be happy with that. If, you know, there, and there is a chance if, if by this time next year I haven't added any of it, I know that I might need to make adjustments or I'll just be happy with not putting on any muscle and just maybe even training less weights to just sustain the muscle I have and focus on other areas. I don't know. We'll see this time next year. That's why these goals are for this year. Number four is perform a human flag that I can hold for five seconds. This is a bit more in line of being my well-rounded athlete. Um, it's just a cool little calisthenics thing that I want to achieve, and it's a nice little distraction that I can either spend for, you know, or I can work towards for, you know, 10 to 20 minutes at the end of a session or dedicate an extra accessory session towards it. But it's a real good core movement, and I want to just understand the process of how to do it learn how to do it and then the more I can do that the more I can help other athletes in you know with their core stability core strength and move on themselves and it's you know yeah it is a little bit more fun it's not as like quote-unquote meaningful but if I think if I can just nail if I can just aim to do it by the end of a year a five second hold as long as I make small little improvements each week or even each month I should be able to do it by then and it, it shouldn't require too much work but be something cool to do and again a good way of showing sort of my well-rounded athlete-ness um next one number five five out of six so uh walk 40 meters on my hands or 40 yards actually on my hands the gym that i i work out of has a 40 yard turf essentially i just want to be able to walk on my hands for the whole of the room i can get about 10 at the minute i like being able to do a handstand i think it's quite a cool thing that i can do and actually 
when uh, I went back to rugby when I first moved to Colorado, um, I actually bummed myself out a little bit because I'd put on a quite a bit of strength and couldn't put on a good bit of size. I hadn't done handstands in forever and I'd got really weak at them and, and that actually bummed me out a little bit for a while that I still had end up getting away from them. And then since doing my um, sort of bodybuilding type training recently and, and shifting uh, how my body looks, I can hold my handstands pretty well. I can do calisthenic work pretty well but i want to be able to see if i can really do this and walk 40 meters on my hands yeah again it's kind of cool it's not overly meaningful but it just takes you know minimal amount of practice it wouldn't like like this is so performing being able to perform on human flag yeah that's going to be tough but walking 40 meters on my hands also going to be pretty tough but it's not going to be as time consuming as um like a strength-based goal where i'd say i have to do a 200 because if i have to do a you know x amount of weight on a squat that means i've definitely got to be squatting a lot that i mean and, and those practices take so long you got all your rest you got all your recovery they beat you up a lot whereas performing a human flag doing calisthenic stuff i can do it as accessories at the end it i don't have to dedicate too much time for it so it doesn't have to mean as much to me but because i haven't got any other sort of lift goals and whatnot hopefully that means that I will allow a lot of time towards that, the time that I need to dedicate towards these goals. Usually when I've set myself up like with a hundred goals and I've got all different lifting sort of goals, along with calisthenic goals, along with endurance goals and whatnot, then that's where it's hard because I end up uh, competing my time, competing my training volume for whatever goal I'm trying to go towards. And I always end up gravitating towards the one I care about most. And for this one, these are the two that I care about the most. So they're the only two I wrote down. And that, that's it. Simple as. Number six, uh, compare shopping lists from last year. This is a funny one because I've actually kept my shopping list from December. Um, and have the, have the one next year been noticeably better? And it's kind of hard to do. So I also put in brackets, try veganism for a week. So if I can sort of slowly gravitate towards that just to do it for a week. I'm not going to say it's going to be a part of my lifestyle. But if I do it for a week, I hashtag it a bunch. Hopefully that'll get me about a thousand vegan followers that will then hate me because then they'll realize that after a week, I'm not actually a vegan. But remember that this goal doesn't have anything really to do with veganism. It's about moving towards a significantly more environmentally conscious way of eating. So um, yeah, veganism for sure can help with that. But if I can just be really clear with my uh, sources of food that I get from, I want to be able to look at my shopping list from this year or from next year and really be proud and be like, yeah, all of those are good things. Cause I don't really know what is at the minute. And it's going to take me a while to not only just learn about the sustainability of different foods and whatnot, but then also adjust and implement it. I can't just change my diet overnight. So if I make small adjustments as we go and at the minute, yeah, we're still buying a bit of meat, but it's all chemical free, all organic, I think, or at least free range. And so we're trying to stay on top of it that way. And hopefully the more time goes on, we'll get better and better and better at it. And my shopping list from next year will be significantly better than this year. That's the plan. So those are my sort of six tangible one-year goals that I can do. So I can look back on this. I can listen back to this podcast this time next year. And maybe even you can too and be like, TJ, you failed on all these. You're a failure. Or you can see that I've done them and it'll be quite a cool little transition. That's what I hope. Anyways. So now that we've broken down into tangible goals for the year, let's look at the processes and specifically the process really that I need to focus on for January. I don't want to look at the process I need to be doing in March. That's only going to stress me out for more things that I've got to do. 
And I want to, you know, the idea of setting goals is that we alleviate stress, that we know exactly what we've got to do. And then we can just stick to it, focus on those processes. And eventually, over time, we hit those goals. And so for January, it's quite simple. It's um, five. I've got five goals I've got for the pretty much for January. Some of them creep into February and stuff, but we'll reassess at the beginning of the month. And so first one is each week attend a minimum of two Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes. Now, four would be perfect. I really want to hammer it home whilst because for those that don't do jiu-jitsu or even for those that do, you know that um, it's almost like learning a language. And at the beginning, like you can't form any sentences, you can't do anything. All you're doing is learning a few words. And rolling, like actual doing the competition, is a lot more like having a conversation with someone else. You, do, you, you, know, you say your words and you, you actually put together eloquent sentences and do all of that sort of stuff whereas I don't even know the words at the minute so the more I can do the more classes I can do in January the better I'm going to be in the long run um and I also want to see how my body reacts like how how much soreness develops with me within me especially with my gym work and see how I feel with all of that sort of stuff so we'll see how we go but the idea is I strive for four but as long as I get two I'll be absolutely happy and I won't feel any guilt or any sort of failure at all Next one is very similar. It's just attend one each week, attend one yoga class. Again, two would be probably better. I don't need to push it more than two, I, I like, but I like doing at least one a week to really reset my brain and to really just slow down and, and stretch and do all of that good stuff. Two would be cool because I could also do two different types of yoga and, and get the benefits from that, but I'm not as bothered. And so again, the goal is just to get my one. So if I can do that through for all of January, maybe I do want to set two, but if I can just attend one for all of January, by the end of the month, hopefully it's a bit more of a habit, it's a bit more ingrained, and then I can put the effort that I was using towards just attending a one class to attend the second class. Does that make sense? Why am I asking no one? I'm here on my own. Kind of weird. Oh, well. Okay, so, yeah. So, attend minimum two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu classes, attend minimum one yoga class every single week. So, that's three sessions a week. And then when I tell you that number three is um, start uh, my cycle of 531, which is the the traditional strength program that I want to go over, stick with it for two cycles, which is eight weeks. And again, attend a minimum of three sessions a week. Obviously, now these sessions are adding up. So that that makes what one to a minimum of six training sessions a week. One of them being yoga, two of them being Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, three of them being the strength work and if I really push it, that could end up being a little bit of overkill. But when you look at the yoga classes, they're not necessarily physically too taxing. Same with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes, especially the beginners ones that I'm learning. Like you just go over a lot of the moves. You don't, you don't spend a lot too much time um, exerting yourself. But who knows? Who knows if it is if it is going to be more? But again, you know, I never had a problem when I would do rugby practice and go to the gym or like if I if I counted my rugby sessions that I would do in a week along with my gym sessions, along with my stretching sessions, all of that stuff, I definitely used to be able to get right up there. And I believe that I'd definitely be able to do that once more. So yeah, so minimum three sessions, doing my five, three, one cycle. That's number three. Number four, you can see how these processes are really simple. It's just show up and then let the work sort of take care of itself and let the work hit or lead me towards hitting my goals. Number four is accessory or a minimum or accessory or calisthenics works for a minimum of one time a week. Ideally, I could do these three 
shorter sessions, either on the days off or at the end of my 531 work or at the end of my bodybuilding work. I could do that as well. Um, but I want to be able to at least make sure that I'm putting some sort of walk, walk, some sort of work towards my 40 meter handstand and my human flag once a week. As long as I can do that, then, you know, I do that once a week for 50 weeks. Hopefully I should be able to be there or at least know, you know, six months down the line or three months down the line, I need to step it up. Or it could be to the point where I actually enjoy doing it and I end up doing it two or three times a week and making faster progress. Who knows? We're only going to know probably at the end of the month or at the end of the year. We'll see. We'll see how all of this goes. That's why we evaluate. That's why we review. And finally, obviously, we haven't touched on the uh, moving towards the more environmentally conscious way of eating. So that's this one. Uh, I'm not going to eat any solid chicken breasts or buy any solid chicken breasts at all from the supermarket. Usually that's like for any bodybuilder, buying those packs of chicken breasts is pretty much always going to be your go-to. I'm only going to use, well, I'm not going to buy any of those and I'm also going to only have sort of organic meat. And if I can just stick with that for the month, we'll see where we are from there. Obviously the organic meat, that's the thing that sort of helps when I'm going to try and go towards this uh, one week of veganism is that when you buy organic meat, it's a lot more expensive. And as I've said before, like that's, it's not really going to get you a big benefit in terms of like the nutri- nutrition from it. It might get you a little bit better, but it's not going to give you a huge benefit. But the fact that it costs more, um, to me, is, makes it a bit more of a, a turnoff and me- means that I'm probably, rather than just trying to find just only organic meats, I might end up looking towards like, you know, your tofus or your, uh, I can't remember what they're called. I think they're called no bull burgers. That might be wrong, but you know, um, almost the quote unquote sort of fake meat and sustainable meat, those sorts of things. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about them. So why not use this month to sort of go towards that and see if, see if I enjoy them, see if I don't and give me some sort of things to reflect and review on for the rest of the year as I move towards a better way of eating as a person. And so that's it. Um, those are my five sort of process goals that I'm going to focus on for January. Hopefully you found, found that pretty useful um, in terms of how I took, you know, a sort of thing that I want to achieve that you can't, you can't tangibly see if you did or not, and then put it into a, a sort of a tangible outcome goal and then broke it down even further for, for this month so I can keep it as simple as possible. Hopefully you found that useful. If you have any questions for me, as usual, just send them, uh, just send me a slide into my DMs at tj.strength on Instagram. And as usual, please give us a five-star review. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you've enjoyed any episode, go ahead and give us a five-star review. Write up a little words, uh, uh, write up a few words on iTunes that helps us so much. You don't even believe how much it actually does help us. So if you could do that, it'd be great assistance. As usual, pick up all of your free stuff at tjstrength.com or rugby-muscle.com. And thank you so much for listening for me ramble on for my solo episode. Hopefully you did enjoy it. In the next episode, we'll be having uh, Alex and we'll be having Nick back and we've got a bunch of guests for the new year, which is actually one of my goals is to get as many different guests and be as consistent with this podcast as I can. And with your support, we can do that, guys. Thank you so much. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or if you've enjoyed any episode of the Rugby Muscle Podcast, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating and type a quick review. It takes about a minute, and it really helps us out a ton, helps grow the show, helps grow Rugby Muscle, and in turn, we will be able to give you guys the best quality content, information, and programs that we possibly can. 
if you're interested in any of that stuff, like the free physique nutrition video series or the TJ Shank Supplement Guide or the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, you can find them all at rugby-muscle.com or by going through my Instagram profile at tj.strength. Give me a quick follow. And until next time, guys, I've been your host as always, TJ. See you soon.